0: Gary for those announcements. She really does so much for all of us here. So welcome this morning. Turn to your neighbor and smile. It's good. Show them some teeth. Show them a warm smile. Tell them it's good to see them. It's good to see you guys that are watching online wherever you are. Thank you for joining us, Lord. Thank you for your word, how true it is, how it changes us. So Lord, release your anointing so we can grow and become more like Jesus. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Amen. Go ahead and turn to John chapter 14. We're going to take just about a three or four week break from the book of Revelation because we need to talk about some stuff. And we're talking about what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Repeat that please, what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Now if you take notes today, there will be... Quite a number of things that is not on your note uh, sheet that you may want to take notes of. And I'm going to start. There's actually like six slides right off the bat. i got to have this printed by noon on Friday. But sometimes the Lord gives me other stuff later on. And I want to give it to you so it can be a help and a blessing. Uh, I want to say at Church of the Savior, we attempt... And our desire is to honor the Holy Trinity. The word Trinity is not in Scripture, but the concept is all over the Bible. It's everywhere. So we want to honor God the Father. Everyone say God the Father. Father Father God the Son. And God the Holy Spirit. We want to honor all three. We want to obey all three. One God, but three persons. And they have distinct functions and they are co-equal. Now... One of the sad things about our country, our country's kind of in a free fall, and we're believing for God to bring an awakening. Someone say, yeah, we're believing for awakening, and it's going to happen. Stuff in Lexington is moving that direction. But much of the church has been kind of ignorant about what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if they didn't know, didn't want to know, But I grew up in a church, small church, good people. We never had much pastoral leadership, and maybe they did the best they could. But the only time I heard the pastor that was pastoring my home church when I was converted, he made one statement about the Holy Spirit, and he totally misquoted a Bible verse. And as a new believer, I went, well, that has nothing to do with what you just said. But it was okay. But I think one of the problems is there's a distorted fear of the Holy Spirit in the American church. It's kind of in the seminaries. It's among missionaries, youth pastors. It's among pastors, senior pastors. And I kind of get it. I have pastors that tell me that they pastored 50 years, 30 years, and they've never taught one time on the Holy Spirit and. I'm going, really? Well, there, there's a fear there. A fear, well, I'll be weird or my people won't accept it or uh, I don't really understand. Hey, there's a lot I, I don't understand. But Francis Chan wrote a book a couple of years ago that said, talked about the title was The Forgotten God. And what that's about is the evangelicals honor Much the Father and they honor the Son, but they don't say a word about the Holy Spirit. And I want to say the secret to the Christian life is the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot live for Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, in all these years and being with some of you that have lost spouses and jobs and houses and retirements just horrible things many of you have been through i want to comfort you with this thought about the holy spirit you can lose everything you can lose absolutely everything but since you are secure in christ and you have the holy spirit living with him because when you receive christ the holy spirit comes and lives within you you'll always be good he will help you get back on your feet He will make a way where there is no way, because that's what he does. And and this, you may want to write this down, but in the margin somewhere, but of the three members of the Trinity, actually the Holy Spirit is the one closest to you. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father interceding for us today. But he sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, to be with us every single day. So he's closest because he's within you. He lives within your spirit. And uh, I love this verse. And if some of you don't have a verse for the year, this might be a great one to write down and memorize. Saturday, I added it to my, my memory verses that I'm working on. Say it with me, please. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Now that's Paul's concluding thought to the book. But there you see the Trinity in operation. You can't get saved without the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And every day, you you and I want to experience the love of the Father. But here's something most of us have never heard we can have the companionship and fellowship of the Holy Spirit who will stick closer than a brother, who will never leave us or forsake us. So at the end of this service, hopefully, all of us will trust God's Holy Spirit just a little bit more. And learn to lean upon Him because the Father sent Him. The Father promised Him as a gift to you and me every single day. So I just think light bulbs will go on and you will think more about the third person of the Trinity than you have in quite a while. And let's read this passage, John chapter 14, a lot of verses. Hold your Bible up. You got your Bible? Let me see it. You got it? Okay, John 14, starting at verse number 16. Now, this is in the last days of Jesus' life before he went to the cross. So he's naturally going to speak about the most important things he's got to communicate to his guys. So verse 16 of chapter 14, I will ask the Father, he will send you another helper. Now, some versions have advocate, some versions have uh, comforter, I will send you another helper that he may be with you for how long? Forever. That is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him, but you know him because he abides with you. And look at the near very next phrase. He will be in you. Verse 18. I will not leave you as what? Orphans, I'm going to come to you. Uh, jump over to verse number 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. Now go to verse 30. I will not speak much more with you. His time is limited. For the ruler of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. Okay, and let's go to chapter 16. Chapter 16. Verse 7. I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, verse 8, when he comes, look at his ministry. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. Verse 11. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. And I have many more things to say to you. This is very important. Look look at the next phrase. But you can't take it right now. You can't bear it right now. Verse 13. Here's what he's going to do. But when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own initiative but whatever he hears he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me for he will take of mine and disclose it to you and all things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of mine and he will close it to you. So the first of five things I want to touch on is that is Jesus said he is our helper. Everyone say helper. Don't you love having help? You ever had a flat tire and you had a, couldn't get it fixed? Don't know what to do about your finances? Tough legal situation? It is really nice to have a helper. And the promise is he will be a helper in all things. The key is if we let him help us. A lot of us, including me, we're used to fixing our own stuff. We feel like it's all about us. I got to do it. I got to take care of this. He said, no, step aside. Let me help you. And here I am at my age. I need more help than ever before because I just do. We just need lots of help. And Jesus said Jesus was with them for about three and a half years. That was good. But then he said, I'm going to be, the Holy Spirit will be with them for how long? So what's better, Jesus for three and a half years or the Holy Spirit forever? It's the Holy Spirit forever. That's the better choice. Now, Jesus said, even though he was leaving soon, because this is the last days before the cross, he said, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. You're not going to be abandoned. You're not going to be forgotten. You're not going to be kicked aside. I will take care of you. And it is my spirit that will take care of you every single day that you live on this planet. And the scripture says that he would comfort them. He would encourage them. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives courage to do the right thing. He will befriend them and he will strengthen them. How many of you guys need strength? Hold your hand up. I need strength. He's a strengthener and essentially he will keep us thick and thin, good times, hard times. Great loss, great blessing. He's the one that will keep us. I've got you, Steve. You're good. Don't fret. Don't worry. Trust. Press into me. I've got you. And to sum this part up, the Holy Spirit is Jesus' provision for the believer to live the victorious life on this planet. Now, do you ever feel like, I just admitted to, that you ever feel like you're taking responsibility for far too much? I mean, we just feel like the weight of the world is on our shoulders. We're taking care of family, taking care of neighbors, got stuff to do at work, not sleeping enough. Do I have any people that have worried in the past? Hold your little worrying hand up, okay? Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Do you ever feel depleted? Do you ever feel worn out? You and I are not designed to carry on our little puny shoulders the hard things of life. We just can't do it. Peter tells us to cast our cares on him because he cares for us. He's committed. He's waiting. He's saying, let me get under the burden. Let me carry it. So, as we go through this study today, I want you to ask yourself and let the Holy Spirit ask you, what do you need help with today? Where are you pressured? Where do you feel overwhelmed? The issue is will you let Him actually step in and help you? Will you let Him do the 98% and you do the 2%? Are you going. Gonna let him do two percent, and you're gonna carry the ninety-eight percent. The second illustration, the second lesson Jesus gives us that he is the teacher. I am a teacher, and maybe you are a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher, both of my grandmothers were teachers, my mother was a teacher, and my wife was a teacher, and I'm a I'm a teacher with a little A, but he is the teacher. Don't ever forget that, he is the teacher. For instance, do you know how to do anything really cool, really productive, or are you skilled? Do people sometimes say, wow, you're really great at IT, or man, what a great painter you are, man, you're a tremendous carpenter, or just the way you build furniture. Okay, if you have some great skill sets, you have some gifts, guess who gave them to you? You didn't buy them. Even if you honed them or perfected them, he's the one that gave you, and he gave you the ability to do it. And to get better at it, you have talents. All of us are talented. All of us can do things other people can't do. The issue is, who gave you those talents? Who gave you the gifts? Now, I, I do a few things okay, and I want you to know as a brand-new believer, I prayed for several years that God would give me some gifts and some talents, and the, the several years I prayed, he ended up giving them to me. But notice the word was, he gave them to me. He did it. He did it. So he is the teacher. And maybe there are some things today, on this Sunday that you really desperately need to learn how to do. You're newly married and you're having a hard time with your wife. You just guys can't figure things out or you don't you got one kid that's compliant and you got another kid that's just a hard head and you just can't seem to work with that child. Guess what? He can help you. He knows everything about that child. He knows everything about your project at work. He understands chemistry. He invented it. He knows how to build massive buildings. He knows everything about automobiles. He knows everything about the IT world. And he can teach you anything. Literally anything. But you have to ask him. The prayers that are never prayed are the prayers that are never answered. Ask and you shall receive. Ask him. He's waiting to help you. You have these talents and gifts inside you, but he wants to f- make them flourish. But so Jesus gets the credit. He gets the credit, not you. The third picture we see in the passage is the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. We live in a struggle of truth and error, and everybody has an opinion, and the media, and people are saying things. And uh, Jesus said something I've I've thought about, just uh, read it, but I've never thought about it. He said the people of the world, people that don't know Christ, they can't receive him because they can't see him. There's a lot of people that don't understand the invisible realm. They think it's not important when it's more important than the visible realm. But if they can't see it, they're not going to trust it. If they can't figure it out, they're not going to rely. So they, they can't receive God's spirit. They can't see him. They don't know him. And they don't understand the ways of God. It's just like right over their head. And maybe you, like me, get frustrated with people. Do I have anybody that gets frustrated with people? You get frustrated with people? Frustrated people in the media, people in government, people in entertainment. Maybe you get frustrated with your mother-in-law. I shouldn't have said that. (laughs) Maybe you get frustrated with your neighbors or some guy at work just frustrates the heck out of you. Well, why do they frustrate you? Why? Why can some of these people not see what is obvious to you? Because they have not received the Holy Spirit. And they don't understand. And you can't talk a man to seeing it. If the Holy Spirit doesn't reveal it, they're not going to figure it out. You can love them. You can ask them questions. You can be patient. You can wait till their head and their heart opens up. But to think you're going to talk them into it, Eh, not much luck with that. And then Jesus's specific words are, he guides us, say guides us, he guides us into all truth. The picture is not like he gives you a playbook and you got, you know, 80 years mapped out. No, it's if Jesus said, if any man would follow me, Let him come after me. So the follow is a day-to-day process he gave us today. He doesn't give us next week. He doesn't give us next year. And so like sheep following a shepherd, we have to be guided. He might say, stop. He may say, move. He may say, talk. He may say, help this person. It is a continual journey. And it is a daily process of letting God's spirit help us navigate. Do you know why it works that way? Because he wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want to send you a big email where you've got, you know, 10 years mapped out. No, he wants a relationship. He wants to talk to you every single day. So stop getting impatient with him. Stop giving him deadlines and telling him how he should do his business. I think he knows what he's doing. And then Jesus said this about the Holy Spirit, which is pretty cool. I mean, there's so much more mystery in here than I understand, but it says he never speaks on his own initiative. What what, what do you mean, Steve? He only speaks what he hears from the other two members of the Trinity the Father and the Son. They work. In perfect relationship. They work together. One God, three persons. Different functions, but perfectly equal. Working together in a holy relationship. And one of the things Jesus said the Holy Spirit does, he glorifies Jesus. You can't get saved without the work of the Holy Spirit. I can't preach to people. I can't talk them into stuff. I give out tracts, but I can't make them read it and I can't make them understand it. But if their heart is open and the Holy Spirit told me to give this guy a track, that means there's a good chance that's going to be fertile soil and he's going to give his heart to Christ. Because the Holy Spirit has put the searchlight on his heart. You know, the, the, the entire year of my senior year in high school, I was miserable. I was unhappy. I was searching. I was looking, even though I had everything an 18-year-old wanted in my life. I was missing something, and I didn't know what it was. It took me a year to figure out. It was a Holy Spirit searchlight on my heart telling me how much I needed God. So look for those kind of people look for restless people look through look for people that have gone through hard things look for people that need a friend look for people that you can come alongside that you can take to lunch or have in your house look for those people cuz it's if you have 10 friends the holy spirit is working in all 10 of their lives and 2 to 3 of them are probably searching hard for God and they can't find anybody to talk to that's probably a good number and then he says something pretty astounding and you may have read it but you never went oh I never saw that Jesus said the Holy Spirit will disclose which is the opposite of concealing he will disclose what is to come he knows what's going to come next week. He knows what's going to happen next year. He knows what's going to happen in five years. He knows who the friends are running around with your son. That's a that's a prodigal. He knows what's going to happen in your company. He knows all that stuff. And he wants to prepare you. Now, he's not going to give you a map, and he's not going to send you a text with details, but here's here's what he does in preparing us for things coming up in the future. He's only going to give you what you need. Spiritual information is actually very, very dangerous that the enemy can use against you, so he's not going to give you information that will actually be used as a weapon against you. He's going to only tell you what you need And he's only going to tell you if your heart is submitted to him. If your heart is not submitted, he's not going to tell you very much. And if you're not a person of prayer, and you're not in the scriptures on a regular basis, uh, he's not going to speak as much. So I want to ask you, are you surrendered? Do you tell him yes? Are you devoted to reading the scriptures? Are you devoted to prayer? Then you're going to, he's going to tell you more than he will tell the next person because they probably are not. Now, let me keep going through this. Jesus is leaving the planet. And a couple of days through his death on the cross. Yes, he will be resurrected. Yes, he will appear for 40 days. But ultimately at the ascension, he will be off the planet. And he will be glorified at the father's right hand, which is where he is today interceding for you and me. So he stated that his mission, we just read that, would soon be completed. He would die on a cross die for our sins he would be raised from the dead purchase us a place in heaven and he offers heaven as a free gift that is the mission of the lord jesus christ until he comes back and read this with me we've already read it once read it it is to your advantage that i go away which means there's a huge benefit if he goes away if he don't go away you don't get the benefit it's to your advantage that I go away, say it. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come. You see, Jesus physically inside a mortal body could only be one place at one time. The Holy Spirit could be with all of us all the time. Because if I do not go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I'm going to send him to you. That's huge. That is huge. So the Holy Spirit would finish the job that Jesus started, the plan of salvation, the plan of the Great Commission, until the return of Christ. Jesus stated that he would not give his disciples any more help after this current week because they couldn't receive it. Jesus said I still have a lot of things I want to tell you, but I cannot because you don't you won't get it. It will just mess you up, so I'm not going to tell you any of that stuff. Why? Because I got somebody else that'll tell you that stuff. Who's coming to live on the inside. You see, the Holy Spirit would teach them and would teach us what Jesus could not because he didn't have the time to teach them and they weren't in a place to receive it. Is this kind of clicking for you? Are you beginning to treasure the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your personal life a little bit more? It's like this. You're going on a trip and you're packing water for your family. And you've got these bottles of water that are empty and you get this large jug of purified water and you're going to pour it in the Water containers, but you forgot one thing. You left the lid on the container. So you're pouring water on top of lids and it's just going to the ground. So Jesus is saying, I cannot give you any more because you cannot take it. But the lid will be off. And the one I send will fulfill the mission of the father. Because the Father will not only teach them, this is so cool. And this week, you're going to see this happen in your life. Not only will he teach them, he said this over and over and over, I, he will bring, the Holy Spirit will bring to remembrance the things that you need to know. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit whisper to your heart or your mind to remind you of something? Hold your hand up. You have that? Every day for me, I keep these cards in my pocket because the Holy Spirit speaks to the children of God every single day. It's little prompts. It is nudges. Do this. Don't say that. Help this person. Here's an idea. Now you have to just, you you get a thought. You just can't say, well, that's God's spirit. No, you test everything. But here's what's cool. The longer you walk with God, the longer you walk with the Holy Spirit, you will learn to recognize his voice. Now, Sue and I were in Texas a week or so ago. We took a little vacation for our anniversary. But if my wife was in the middle of the Dallas-Fort Worth airport with 2,000 people around, if she yelled out, Steve, what did I know? When I was in trouble, no, it's a joke. I would recognize my wife's voice because we've been together 42 years. All she has to do is say it one time and I'll find her and I know it's her. So the longer you walk with God, the more you learn to discern. That's not the devil's voice. That's not my voice. That's not somebody else's voice. That is the voice of the one that loves me the most. Now this is really, really cool. <clears throat> and This will answer some questions that you've had for a long time about whether you can trust this book or not. Well, tell me. The record of the Bible does not depend upon the memory of flawed human writers. Are you paying attention? Well, if I can trust the Bible, if the Bible is true, well, how does that work? I'll tell you how it works because the Lord explained it. This is from the book of Peter. it with me, please. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. For prophecy never had its origin in human will. But prophets through human, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along, ushered, helped, taught, spoke by the Holy Spirit. So we trust this not because of the Apostle John or because of Moses or because of Peter. Because the Holy Spirit said, let me show you what to write for those people in Lexington. Now here's what's also wonderful. This ought to make you feel good. God's Spirit made absolutely sure that the writers of the record got it correct. He brought all things to their remembrance, even years later, and he gave them understanding of events that they could never understand on their own. They saw it, they experienced it, but they couldn't see the significance without the Holy Spirit saying, let me show you how this fits. Fourth picture, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is the one who brings conviction. Everyone say conviction, conviction to the world. You go conviction. I, I, don't, I don't like conviction. I don't even know what conviction is. I know it when I feel it. Well, conviction is an awareness. Everyone say awareness that you had today, that you didn't have Yesterday. Because you couldn't, you didn't see it. You weren't touched by it. I love to see people receive Jesus. I love to see that happen because the day before they were under conviction, but they didn't know until someone came and told them how it worked. And then, you know, the devil tells us it is so hard to witness and it is so hard to lead people to Christ. I want to say, 10 people, there's three people looking. For somebody to tell them about Jesus. And when you see people, someone not doing well to share the gospel with them, most of the time in me doing this 49 years, I say this, they say that. I say this, I quote that scripture. I give this, I give the five points of the gospel. I get to the end, I say, does it make sense? Yes, it makes sense. Would you like to receive Christ as your savior? About 50% of them do so on the spot. And it's not me. It's the power of the Scripture, the thing that they're looking for, the, the void in their heart, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm just the bucket carrying the water. I'm just the little donkey carrying Jesus on Palm Sunday. That's all I am. There's no need to get big-headed about it. So conviction means there's an awareness. There's the need for correction. You want an adjustment. If you're piloting a plane and you're about to fly into a mountain in the fog, if somehow your instruments or somehow the, the tower could tell you, you have to make an adjustment, make the adjustment now or die. I just did make the adjustment. And these next six slides are not in your notes. I apologize. But I want you to think through this issue of conviction. Is conviction good or bad? How many think it's bad? Hold your hand up. It makes me feel guilty. I feel down. I don't like it. How many think conviction? You guys think this is a trick trick question, right? How many think conviction is actually good? It's a good thing. It's very good because it's what the Holy Spirit does and everything he does is good because conviction always comes before change. I want to be a better person next year than I was this year. I want to be more faithful next month than I was this month. I want to love my wife better next week than I did this week. That's called change. And I don't get any change without conviction. So the Holy Spirit brings conviction. Now, if you don't write anything down today, I want you to write... The few words on this this slide, because this, this will change your life. Write this down: the Holy Spirit brings conviction; He never brings condemnation. And a lot of you feel condemned because of mistakes and past stuff and habits and all kind of stuff. And the devil heaps guilt on us. He helps. He heaps shame on us and we carry this and we don't obey the Lord because of guilt and shame and condemnation. The scripture says in Romans eight, one, there's no condemnation to those are in Christ. The Holy spirit does not bring condemnation. He brings conviction. Honey, sit down. Let's, we got to talk about this. We got to talk about this. Conviction is designed to help you. Do you want to get better? Yes or no? I'm sorry. Help me out. Do you want to get better? One more time. Do you want to get better? Okay. Have a tender heart. When the Holy Spirit speaks to you, write down what he says. Condemnation is meant by the devil to destroy you. Because you give up. You quit. It's worthless. I can never be. I can never perform. I can never measure up. Maybe somebody else can, but I can't. That's condemnation. It's from the pit of hell, smells like smoke. Conviction is always in the room. Conviction is, the room, is in the room today. When you wake up in your bedroom, conviction will be there. It's a good thing because the Holy Spirit is always in the room. Now, if you come through a church service, you read your Bible, you have a single day that you don't write something down that you feel like the Lord is speaking to you about, you probably missed the most important part of the day. So what are you feeling today? And you feel it right here. And it doesn't go away. You just feel like, you know, I should do, I should do that. I should stop doing this. I should start doing that. Now, the three important things that the Holy Spirit puts his finger on, this is important. Jesus said it, so if he said it, it must be really important. He convicts the world concerning sin. That's lost people and believers, too. In other words, he convicts them of what's wrong. Steve, you shouldn't have said that. Steve, you shouldn't have been critical. Steve, why didn't you help that person? And that's, that's conviction. And then concerning righteousness, what's right. Right speaking, right thinking, right acting. Don't do this, Steve. Do this. And then the last one is judgment. Which means everybody on the planet, even those that have seared their conscience, which means who say there is no God, Everybody's accountable on the planet. Accountable for what? Actions, their words, their thoughts, and the things they should have done, but they never got around to doing. And the last one is, I said it up front, I'm going to say it again. The key to the Christian life, the key to the Christian life, Is the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the key to the Christian life. You shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be my witnesses. You see I found out. I can't love my wife. Without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't. Study the scriptures without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't be effective in prayer. I can't be a soul winner without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't love on pastors in the city without the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't manage my calendar. I can't even clean up my office. Uh, That's for sure. (laughs) My wife closes the door when we have people over. Now, the father is the one. That sent the Holy Spirit. Is that true or false? Okay. The Father sent the Holy Spirit. Jesus said it several times. Jesus is the one who is the baptizer, not of, baptizer with the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said, I'll baptize you in water, but there's one coming who I'm not even worthy to tie his shoes. And he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And, you know, some of us just need to forget some of our theology about the Holy Spirit. Let's just make it simple, okay? Make it simple. Well, how do I make it simple? You and I need as much of God as I can possibly get and you can possibly get. Is that true or false? I need as much as I can get. And I'm the one that determines that. You are as close to God as you decide to be. And I need to be as full of the Holy Spirit because there's a lot of verses about being filled with the Holy Spirit. There's Christians serving Jesus with their Soul tank completely empty, and they wonder why it's hard. They wonder why there's no fruit or fruit. They wonder why they're discouraged. They wonder why they don't enjoy it. Your tank is empty. You can't give out what you don't have. Paul said, Don't be drunk with wine. That is dissipation. Matter of fact, Don't fill yourself with all kind of stuff that's wasted. Don't waste your life on the stuff of this world. There's nothing there for you. But instead, Paul said, be filled. And that word is continually filled by the Holy Spirit. Man, that's good preaching. Wow, I like that. I'm going to come back next week. And then... And then I just want to say this as we get ready to close. The Holy Spirit wants to be invited. He's a gentleman. He's not going to kick in your door. He's not going to rearrange your your daytime or your schedule. He wants you to ask. And you shall receive. Oh Oh, friends. He wants more of you. He looks from heaven and he wants more of you. And we should look back and want more of him. But we need to be careful how we speak about the Holy Spirit. Now, One of the pictures in the Bible, when you see artwork, and there's no artwork that can capture him, you see a dove a lot of times. And it's from Luke, where Jesus is being baptized, and not only is he immersed in water, but he, as God in the flesh, is actually filled with the Holy Spirit. And physically, they see the presence come from heaven, and... The bystanders, even John the Baptist right there, cannot describe it. It was something like, man, it looked kind of like a dove, a power, a force descending from heaven. But one of the pictures of the dove is doves are kind of skittish. They can be shooed away real easy. And they are not going to hang around where they are not wanted. And I pray this is, I don't think this is true here, but there's a lot of churches that could not even acknowledge the Holy Spirit, not utilize the Holy Spirit, and they could just go right on with their business and never miss a beat without the Holy Spirit. I don't want that. I would rather us not even do anything if he's not invited. Because I don't want to offend him I don't like to offend you, but I'd rather offend you than offend him. I don't want to offend him. I do not want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to say no to him. And I'll be honest, there's times I have said no. I said, no, I'm not going to help that person, or I'm too tired, or I'm too busy, or they'll never turn. And every time I just say, yes, Lord. I'm always so glad I went. Because the miracle always happens. Worship team, would you guys come out, please? This is what scares me the most. And if it ever stops scaring me, I'm just I'm in trouble. I am just so much in trouble. We don't ever want to stop listening to him. We listen to everybody else, but don't listen to his still, small, sweet voice. That means you're refusing his help, and I want my heart to be more tender, not more hard. I want to be less adequate than more adequate. I want to be needier than I was last year because that means I need him and I'm willing to let him do whatever. So, do you want more of the Lord? Do you, just, do you want more? I, I want more. Well, if you say you want more, his provision is is the Spirit of God. Read this verse with me, please. Some of you ought to write it down. Think about it. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I want to do something a little different in our closing moments. I've actually prepared a prayer. It'll be up on the screen just just a minute, and I thought we'd read this prayer together. But then I thought, well, gosh, Steve, uh, it's not fair to ask people in the church to pray a prayer unless they've read, they know ahead of time what it is, because they may not agree with it. So can I just read it to you first? And if it touches your heart, we'll actually pray through the prayer on the screen. So can I read it? Goes like this. Dear Holy Spirit, I choose to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, thank you for being my helper. Teach me to let you help me every single day in everything. Thank you for being my comforter, my advocate, and my friend. This day, I surrender to your leadership. Fill me today to overflowing. I want more of you. I ask you to be my teacher because I want to learn your ways. Holy Spirit, release your gifts in me so I can serve others. Please guide me into truth and away from error. And Holy Spirit, prepare me for what is to come. Bring to my remembrance what I need to know. Holy Spirit, help me walk in holiness. Bring daily conviction to my heart as only you can. And may my heart be more tender and more tender to your sweet voice. And last, Holy Spirit, I want to fellowship with you. In Jesus' name. Now, if anything in that prayer touched you, I'm going to put it up on the screen. And as I pray it, if it's your heart, you pray it with me, and I'll make you a promise. You will see some things change because you opened your heart in a deeper way. Say it with me. Dear Holy Spirit, I choose to make Jesus my Lord and Savior. Holy Spirit, thank you for being my helper. Teach me to let you help me every day and everything. Thank you for being my comforter, my advocate, and my friend. I surrender to your leadership this day. Fill me today to overflowing. Give me more of you. I ask you to be my teacher. I want to learn your ways. And Holy Spirit, release your gifts in me so I can serve others. Please guide me into truth and away from error. And Holy Spirit, prepare me for what is coming. Bring to my remembrance what I need to know. Holy Spirit, help me to walk in holiness. Bring daily conviction to my heart. And may my heart be more and more tender to your sweet voice. And last, Holy Spirit, I want a fellowship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we always open the altar. The altar is a place for something to die, and my flesh needs to die every day. It's a place where we offer a sacrifice ourselves to the Lord. It's amazing where our knees go down our hearts fly open so the altar is open to bring him your cares bring him your fears to offer yourself in a deep and meaningful way ask him to fill you come to the altar as we worship
1: really take this time and just um, listen to the Lord but also if you could um, those who can let's just stand and just give Him the praise just invite Him fresh on
2: Downstairs praying um, before we came back up for this last song. And we were feeling like the Lord really is here in a miraculous way. Don't you sense His presence here? Um, And we really feel like He is wanting to release miracles this morning. Um, If there's an injury in the right arm, right here, um, we feel like the Lord is wanting to heal you today. Um, specifically, we felt like he was saying arthritis. And he is really wanting to touch someone here who is carrying shame with them. He is wanting to heal your heart. Um, So if any of you all have any of these prayer needs or any healing that you are needing this morning, he is here, amen. Please come to the front and get prayer with our prayer team. We would love to pray over you.
3: He is here. The question is, are you going to leave full or empty? Growing up in New York, I would always hear, this said to me, Bill, you're full of yourself. Now I want to be full of something, but not myself. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. Do you? We all do. So whatever... Whatever you need a fresh filling for. Don't leave this place on E. Don't leave it three quarters. Don't leave it close to full. Leave it completely full. God wants to fill you up today. God wants to heal you of your infirmities today. Come forward for prayer. And if you've never really committed your life to Jesus Christ. Today's your day. Just pray this prayer. Lord Jesus. I need you and the power of your Holy Spirit to fill me today. I turn from everything that you've convicted me of today, and I turn to you. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. And now give me the power and the filling of your Spirit to live the life that you call me to live in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all as we dismiss you in Jesus name. Thanks for worshiping with us. Go ahead and get your children. Enjoy the rest of this beautiful Sunday. God bless you.